What if there were no limits on where you could take your music? What if you could work with some high-profile brands and build a six-figure business in the music industry in your early 20s? That's what we're going to be looking at in this episode of the New Music Industry Podcast. chatting with founder and CEO of Shutdown PM, Ty Frankel. How are you today, Ty? Hey, Andrew. I'm great. How are you? Thanks for having me on. I'm great. It's great to have you on the show. So Shutdown PM is an LA-based music agency, and you've created music for the likes of The Elvin Show, Hulu, Fortnite, Red Bull, NBA, NFL, and others. And you're only 22 years old, and you've already built a business that makes three quarters of a million annually. I've got lots of questions, my friend, but I'd love for you to share. How did you discover your passion for music and how did that lead to the work you do today? Yeah, Andrew. So when I was five, um, I got into hip hop music and I remember my dad bought me a CD player and, you know, I bought all these albums like Outkast, Stanconia, Lil Bow Wow, Eminem, Curtain Call. Um, I might have been five or six. And ever since then, I just loved hip hop. Uh, when I was 14, I was on these underground hip hop forums on Yahoo Answers. Mm-hmm. And I was on there for about a year. I was obsessed with underground hip hop when I was 14. That lasted about a year. But someone started producing on there. They, you know, maybe one or two people started producing. They, down- they said they downloaded FL Studio, uploaded some of their beats. So I was very interested and intrigued. And then I downloaded it myself. And then since then, it's just, You know, I discovered that it was my passion day one, right when I opened the program up. And uh, every day since then, you know, up until when I started my my company, uh, I was just producing, you know, for most of the day. Well, I just I have a similar story in that I when I was 14, I guess I started making websites and that's what I ended up spending all day doing and all, all night, except for sitting in chat rooms, which I think I must have done for three hours a night and, and driven everyone crazy because we used uh, modems back then, not not cable modems. Mm. <laughs> dial up, <laughs> dial up internet. Those were fun days. Oh, that's cool. So I see you got some glowing reviews from clients on LinkedIn. They say one of your sh- strong suits is project management. I, I got to tell you right now, that wasn't one of my strengths as a 22-year-old. And to this day, I've got a bit of an artistic brain. So I, I can be somewhat scattered. Is this a natural ability of yours or something you picked up along the way? You know, I've always been good at it. Uh, the past three, four years, I think I've gotten really, really great at it just reading books and just gaining experience. I mean, last year my company did 900 songs, which is around 80 albums. So just going through those 80 albums, um, each one is something different, developing systems and processes, as well as knowing, um, you know, how team members need to be managed, you know, what they need from my end, what I need from their end, just gaining that experience has of course helped me as a project manager. Absolutely. I think hiring or building a team is one of those things that a lot of artists struggle with. It's like, what are my first steps? What if I make a mistake? Do you have any mindset tips to get over that? Oh man, hiring is so hard. It's unbelievably (laughs) hard. Um, Yeah. Mindset tips, just try to do, well, of course get hiring tests. And my one, the best tip I actually learned is make them do the actual job they're going to do as the hiring test. Like for example, if you're doing someone, if you're hiring someone to do lead generation for you, give them a little 30, 45 minute test 
that is basically exactly what they're going to do in the role and see how well they would do it. Uh, just having that test and then as well as like typing tests, you know, maybe critical thinking, personality, uh, making sure you have good intuition into like, okay, seeing how they communicate. You know, if they have all these spelling and grammar errors, you don't want to hire them. In the job application, you could say, please title your job application um, this way or please reach out to me by name just to, um, you know, if applications come in, you know right away you're not going to spend your time thinking, is this person a good fit or not? If they don't follow the directions, you know, right away. Just having those, all these different barriers and um, testing criteria to actually uh, finally hiring someone. But it's, it's very hard. Uh, it's very lengthy. I've, I've sure learned a lot in the past couple of years hiring people, hired a lot of bad people. So, Yeah, absolutely. I mean, being detail oriented, that's a big one. I think if people can't follow instructions right off the bat, that can be a sign. My coach always told me, you know, I do, we do, you do. So that's kind of the training process, but you show them how it's done. You do it together and then you confirm that they can do it themselves. And then almost on virtual autopilot, they can do it. But uh, what's the main way you're generating leads for your business? I would say it is 100% cold email. So do you find yourself sending thousands of emails every single day? Is that how that works? Or are you actually kind of targeting people that you have an existing relationship with? Well, I mean, you said cold, so I guess not. But Well, cold email, I also mean uh, emailing our existing clients and you know trying to get more work done with them. Uh, so mm, that, that okay. kind of goes in there. So email, email, I would say. We have, you know, Shutdown PM is is actually one division of Shutdown Media. We actually expanded the past like five or six months, really since Corona. Uh, we do graphic mm. design for the music industry. Right now, we're opening a new label called Uncivilized Music, where so with Shutdown PM, we sell all the music to these production music libraries, and they're the ones that actually go place it with 2K and Fortnite and TV shows and all that. Um, but with Uncivilized, for the first time, we're going to go out and sell the music ourselves. Um, with Shutdown PM, we might have an email list of 100 people. With Shutdown Art, we might have an email list of four or 500. But with Uncivilized, we're going to get an email list of 20,000 people because um, we're going to sell the music ourselves. And, you know, the type of emailing we do is very genuine. It's obviously not – I mean, not obviously people do that, but we don't send email blasts out. We send emails out. We have templates. And for the first email, we really – you know, we do research about the prospect to make sure we know exactly who they are and if our service would help them. If not, we don't email them. But if it does, if it does, you know, we make sure to make that known in the first sentence, compliment them, whatever. Okay, then we're in with them. They know that we're not playing around. We actually do research on them. Um, and then after that, all the emails after that are templates. But um, you know, we change their variables in there, so like their name or company company name and all that. And that way, you're being the most efficient you can be. Um, with as well on their end, they think it's a genuine email that you're just sending to them. So that that's how we do it, and it's worked it's worked really well to this point. Hmm. Yeah, I have seen that you guys are up to some other things right now, kind of in the digital marketing realm, like you said, graphic design, and what you said about outreach. I, I think that's spot on. I think that's what a lot of people don't do very well. <laughs> like I get tons of emails. I can't speak for anybody else, but who they're not addressed to me. They're not clear on the benefit. They just want me to cover their story and they're not interested in, in any kind of mutual win-win. So you're, you, it sounds like you're doing it the right way. Oh, thank you. I actually love seeing those emails because it just tells you how much, you know, 
how there's like no competition out there for real well-crafted cold emails. So I love getting those emails. I just delete them right away and just smile. There's always a smile on my face. It's <laughs> <laughs> a really good point. Yeah, absolutely. So many people say the music industry is a tough one to succeed in. What has your experience been like and what was your mindset going in? Uh, I think it's tough to break into any industry. I think if you do all the right things, you know, whether that's it's working hard at first, working smart, of course, um, and then just creating relationships, being nice, easy to work with, providing value and being able to market that value, um, you know, with a good ROI, making it worthwhile to, to actually go out there and market a service or product that you have, then I think you can succeed in any industry. So I don't think the music industry is particularly harder to succeed in than any other industry. Uh, but I don't know. I've been in the music industry my whole life, so I haven't really experienced anything else. Yeah, I like your answer, and I thought you might answer that way. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. But I think what you said about believing in yourself, that is huge. Oh, yeah. and, I, and I think that's a key piece that, that people are missing. It's like if you have hard work, and persistence, you're kind of off to the races, but then you're still missing a couple of ingredients. And one of them is definitely belief. You could be a hard worker and you could persist, but if you don't believe in yourself, you're not going to do as much, risk as much, invest as much, spend as much time, publish as much, whatever it is. Yeah. I mean, you don't see anyone that's been successful that doesn't believe in themselves. That just doesn't happen. So my business is all about creating the life you want through music. This is kind of a never-ending pursuit, probably for anybody, but I'd love to know whether you have a sense of how far you've come and what you're looking to achieve next. Um, how far I've come, maybe 5% of what I want to do overall. And, and you know, that's wow. good for right now. I'm not happy with it. I'm not content with it. I know I could do a lot more. But, for example, I could pretty much go live anywhere in the world without – really having to worry about money. Obviously I can't, you know, rent a pet house and blah, blah, whatever, do all the, buy a Lambo, things like that. But, you know, I could pretty much go live anywhere and dine out every day and not really have to worry much about money. I could go travel, not right now during Corona, but you know, before. Um, so, I mean, that's what music can give you. And that's what any, you know, uh, remote based work can give you really. Um, is that, is that kind of life? You know, I can manage my team from anywhere. I really don't work crazy hours. I probably work 20, 20 hours a week, maybe. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So, I mean, why, you know, I just focus on the super high level things that no one else I feel like can do unless I had to pay them a couple thousand dollars an hour. So um, that's what I try to focus on. And yeah, I think that, so far, I've done well, but but in the future, I definitely, um, you know, one of my goals, um, ten million before thirty. I think that's a good, that's a that's a goal that I really want to hit. No, that's great. I'm, I guess I'm in a similar position to you. I don't have the revenue figures you do, not even close. But <laughs> I, I am able to travel. I am able to enjoy my life. If I want to, I could work just twenty hours a week. I'm choosing to do way more right now because I'm preparing for launches and, and doing some other things like that. But absolutely, it's awesome. So that's awesome. Quarters, yeah. What would you say is like your number one tip for somebody listening, going, man, I really want to create the life. I love through music. 
the number one tip, man, just spend like two hours a day building relationships. It's it's really simple. Yeah. If you have the goods and you don't have the relationships, you're just shooting yourself in the foot big time. But if you have both and you're relentlessly, relentlessly pursuing the relationship side of things, then you're going to do really well. At first, before you even attack that, you know, you want to read books, get your mindset right in how to approach people and how people want to be approached. It's not like, hey, check out my tracks. It's more like, hey, maybe you want to use their first name. That's a very good thing. You want to do research on who you're talking to. That That's very good. You want to, you know, offer them some, you want to do short messages. You don't want to give them this long, lengthy message. You don't want to have a huge block of text that they're not going to read. So do line breaks. You know what I mean? It's all these little things that if that are very easy to learn and don't take really much time. But if you don't do them when you start attacking and trying to get these relationships, then you're just wasting your time. So definitely work on getting relationships, but know how to approach people and make sure you've got the goods um, before you even start. Yep. That's a big one for sure. And it's something I'm prioritizing more and more. I have a dream 100 list and I connect with those people and I look at what they're publishing and I comment it and I share on it. That's a long-term strategy. I don't expect anybody's going to necessarily turn my way and go, oh, David, you're amazing. We need to get connect. You know, that may happen down the line, but I know that's that's worked for some people. Like, you know, it's gotten them to the point of connecting with people like Tony Robbins and even starting business with him. So over the long haul, great strategy. And I think in the immediate, you know, connecting with people who are maybe a step ahead or a step behind where you are and maybe even collaborating. Seems like there's lots of opportunity for that. Absolutely, absolutely. So you wanna play you can play a short game and a long game. I mean you know, people that are a step behind you, maybe two or three steps ahead of you in five years. You don't know. Yeah. Uh, certainly, I mean, when I was coming up as a producer, you know, I um, one of my friends online, DJ Cass, you know, he was an incredible producer. He produced for Young Jeezy and Nipsey Hussle, you know, rest in peace, and all these amazing rappers. And I looked up to him when I was a producer, you know, growing, um, going up, growing up in, you know, 2012, 13, 14. And then when I started my company, 2016, 17, I ended up, we ended up working together and I ended up hiring him for quite a few projects. And we did, we really did some great music together. He made a lot of money from it. So, you know, he was really, really nice to me, offered feedback. We talked, we became friends. And, you know, two, three, four years later, that paid off for him, you know, and for me down the line. So I think it's definitely a a two-way street. You want to connect with people above what you're doing and below for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It makes perfect sense. And a lot of my best gigs came from people I knew. In fact, probably the last two, three, maybe even longer years of my life, I haven't been the one booking any of the gigs. I've relied on other band leaders or contacts that I have. And that's where the gigs came through. Or it was just like repeat performances because they love me so much at this one venue. And that was a cool position to be in, but yeah, that's not going to happen without knowing people for sure. Yeah, for sure. For sure. There's no gigging right now. So that's, that's sad, but I mean, I'm, <laughs> I'm kind of, I'm kind of in travel mode or I was, I mean, that's another thing that's not really possible right now. Uh, but I came to a city where I know almost no one and 
right. so I'm just I'm just chipping away at my work and building building new connections as it were. Where do you live now? Abbotsford, so kind of close to Vancouver, BC. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah. You can, it's pretty close to LA then, right? I mean, it's just you know north, a couple thousand miles or so. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, I've I've flown into San Fran a few times uh, recently. Well, I wasn't going to San Fran. I stopped there. And yeah, it's not a long flight from there at all. It's probably a quick two and a half, three hour flight most days. So as far nice. as jumping on a plane goes. Yeah. Cool. It's considered uh, Hollywood, Hollywood North in some circles. And, you know, certainly there is a population and a bit of a, a presence with Netflix and other entertainment here. So a lot of cool stuff going on. Oh, wow. There's a few things I like to ask most people who come on the show to get a sense of their personality as well as some of the things they've gone through to get to this point. And my first question says a lot about people. What's the last YouTube video you watched? The last YouTube video I watched, I mean, the last YouTube video I watched, probably a, a Japanese grammar video. <laughs> Nice. See, it does say something about you. <laughs> what is your daily routine like? My daily routine, uh, get up, brush my teeth. I don't eat breakfast. Um, take some supplements. Uh, I, I check my phone first thing, which is not a good habit. Yeah. What else? And then, you know, I start to work. I, I work throughout the day. Like I don't take days off, but, but I, I, of course, don't work like every second throughout the day. Um, I, def, I have a to-do list. So every day I have a to-do list of like, okay, um, you know, I need to do this, 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 and this. Um, I have a calendar, so I just duplicate that every week. And then all the things that are specific to that week or a specific day, I always put that in. And then... You know, as the day goes on, I try to get as many things as I can done, basically. No, I definitely relate to what you say about social media. But these days when I wake up and go to do it, I'm like, okay, first of all, I'm going to be wasting time. And second of all, I'm going to be cleaning my feed such that I only ever see updates from my Dream 100 so I can connect with those people and maybe my inner circle as well. Smart. Yeah, that's that's the plan now. It's not like I don't like my friends. It's not that at all. It's just more like, if I'm going to look there, I want it to be part of my growth. You don't care. I mean, frankly, like, I don't care what the hell my friend is having for breakfast or I I don't even really care. Like, I know people don't like to be really honest, but okay, you went to this place to travel. Cool. Like, you can tell me about it on the phone or text me. Like, I don't need to see all these pictures from it or whatever, especially if they're not like a really good friend. You know what I mean? Like, if they're a really good friend, it's something else, but most people you – follow or you're friends with online you're not you don't care about what they do in their daily life really so yeah there's really no point and especially politics and sports and things like that that's just you know it can be a waste of time if you're trying to to chase your dreams no totally i couldn't agree more i mean my mentality is totally the same around social media i really don't care what how people are feeling and i feel like my social media is the wrong place to express that Go to a therapist, go to a friend, go to your spouse mm. or significant other, right? Talk it through if you need to. Social media, what, you know, the only reason to post there is to kind of get sympathy from from people on social media. So <laughs> I feel like that's right. the wrong outlet. <laughs> right. And, and the thing is, like, when I see people post, like, RIP this person, RIP that person, like, if I died, I don't want my family posting about me like yeah. on social media. 
just grieve in private. I don't think grieving should be do whatever you want. And I'm not knocking it, but when I see it, I kind of, especially if you didn't know the person personally, like if it's a le- whatever, it's just like, like I feel like people, some people are maybe just putting that online so they can score points. Yeah. Get sympathy points or, you know, I knew this person, blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, which it's, it's, definitely partially like that with some people and probably partially not where they really, you know, they have really good intentions and all that. But yeah, I think that that goes pretty deep. You're right. Yeah. I think some people are totally genuine in in posting and then other ones are just trying to tweak the algorithm so they can beat it. (laughs) Right. Yeah. But why not be genuine and not post? What does posting give you? Dopamine, right? And that's how it's been designed. It just the dopamine release. So in that case, you're posting RFP someone by, and then you're getting dope. So you're not posting it for them because they're dead. Like, like, yeah, you're not posting it for them. You're posting it for you. Exactly. For dopamine, which that's what makes me, sorry, bro. that's what, that's what makes me cringe. It doesn't make me feel good when I see that. Totally. I hear what you're saying. Yeah. I think we're, we're totally on the same page there. Mm-hmm. What's the greatest challenge you've overcome? The greatest challenge I've overcome is um, deaths in the family. I mean, that's, mm. you know, not easy. Yeah, that's definitely the greatest challenge I've overcome. And I've, I haven't fully overcome it, so mm. I never will. So Hey, we're on the same page yeah. there, too. My, my dad passed away in a motorcycle crash in Japan when I was 13. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, sorry, man. Jeez. And in the years that followed, my cousin took his life. My grandpa died too. So, yeah. I hear you. I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry about that. And you just really can't say anything. Like, uh, I hope you feel – you can't even say anything about that really. Like, No. You know? There's, there's literally nothing you can say, right? That's why yeah. I, like, avoid all the cliches too. I'm like, you can't say that to someone. But but I yeah. I feel for you, right? That's that's about all I can say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's the greatest victory you've experienced? Greatest victory is I think it's just a macro thing, being able to control my life. Um, you know, obviously no one's in a hundred percent control, so you could have you know get get a disease or things like that, um, or get struck by lightning. But exerting as much control as you can over your own life. And I think I'm exerting, I can do more, absolutely. But I've gotten to a point where it's more than a good amount of people, like including my parents and everything to where I'm really driving my, I'm really driving my own shit. Mm-hmm. And I know that's a macro thing. It's not like, okay, you work with this person or got this amount of money, whatever. But I've never really had a huge victory to where it's like, here's a million dollars or whatever. It's all, it's, it's a lot of small stuff that just adds up. So I would say that's my biggest victory. Yeah. Same here. <laughs> Lots of little victories that maybe add up yeah. to a slightly bigger sum, but I'm looking yeah. forward to doing much, much more as well. Yes. Are there any books or other resources that have helped you on your journey? Oh my God. Books have been, <laughs> uh, without books, man, I don't know where where i would be right now but books absolutely i started reading rich dad poor dad how to win friends and influence people the most basic books i think you have to start with those and then you kind of get into the more complex nuanced uh books uh man i took a course in behavioral psychology that Mm -hmm. really helped me out or behavioral economic behave something like that behavioral economics 
something like that. Basically how people act, um, human, you know, rationality, irrationality, things like that. That really helped me out. Uh, just, just always learning specific books. Those, you know, how to win friends and rich dad, poor dad. And I mean, in terms of other resources, just forums have really helped me out. Like if I mm. want to gain a specific piece of knowledge, then there are literally forums for every single profession in the world. I bet you just go on there and talk to people who have like 40 years of experience. It's incredible. Yeah. Amazing tips there. Totally relate on those two. It's probably started with, you know, definitely think and grow rich, but magic of thinking yeah. big and believe in yourself, I think was like Claude Bristol. Definitely early on, those were pretty significant. Some works yeah. by Robert Anthony as well. It's crazy. This this pretty much I don't I don't want to say degraded, but it kind of turned into a chat like a literal chat over coffee, which is the idea of the podcast. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That's how it should be. You know. Yeah, I think so too. Well, thanks for your time and generosity, Ty. Is there anything else I should have asked? Oh, thank you so much, man. Uh, thanks for having me, Andrew. Anything else? No, I mean, just stay safe and wear a mask and wash your hands and, you yeah. know, we'll be out of this soon. Um, you know, there's been some horrible things that have been going on and, you know, hopefully we can get back to a semblance of normalcy soon. So that's all I'm hoping for. I hope so too, man. Yeah. I, whether it's a pandemic or bad decisions by politicians, I don't know. But what I do know is just, yeah, yeah. be careful, stay safe. And... You know, in some cases, I hear rumors 2023. I don't know. I would love to see things improve sooner, but I think they will. I think there's a test that's. I think the tests are gonna be what's gonna improve it because I think eventually, way before 2023, everyone's gonna have like an at-home test that's very, very cheap. So then, before you go out, just test yourself if you have corona or not. You'll know in like five, ten minutes. And then, of course, always put on a mask and all that. And if that's the case, corona is gonna almost grind to a halt. Um, unless people are just being reckless and everything, but which they will be, but I think it'll put a big um, dampen on how fast it's spreading with those mitigation efforts. Yeah. Well, sure. Looking forward to any development that, that helps with this. Cool. Absolutely. Well, thank you. All right, Andrew, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Want to get paid for your passion and impact more fans without wasting years of your life and thousands of dollars? Well, that's exactly what I did. I took the long, circuitous, difficult path to get to where I am today. Good news is you don't have to follow in my footsteps. I got something special for you. It's called the Music Entrepreneur Code. And you can get it until September 30th for just $5 along with two bonuses at musicentrepreneurhq.com slash code. Thank you for listening. Music in this episode was brought to you by Brian Young. Wherever you're listening to this right now, please consider leaving a five-star review and comment to help us get the word out about the podcast. 